Welcome to an inspirational message from Creekwood Church. We hope that you have an encounter with God and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. Well, as you saw in the video, we're starting a brand new series um, called Seven Words That Can Change Your Life. How many of you know that words are powerful? Words are so powerful, and when you think about the fact that one word can change your life, one word, it could even be the the most simplest word, but if you use that simple word, it has the, the opportunity to change the complete trajectory of your life. For example, when you start to think about the power of words in your life, do you know that the word help can set an, act, uh, an addict towards recovery? Um, the words yes uh, can open doors to new dreams. Uh, the, the words sorry and thanks can actually heal a family. And this weekend, as we kind of jump into this brand new series, we're going to tackle One of the words that I feel like is probably the the word that has the most potential to change our life. And it's the word no. Everybody say no. No. I need you to, I know it's the 930, y'all kind of waking up on me. And I need you to say it with a little bit of attitude. I know that you're the person next to you has been asking you to do something or to go somewhere for some time. They've got maybe a to-do list this afternoon, and you want to watch football or whatever you're going to do. And I want you to turn to them and say, no, with an attitude. All right. Doesn't that feel good? It feels good to say no. You know, this word no, um, it's an important word. You know, uh, the word no can actually free you. The word no, it can help you set your boundaries in your life. It can actually protect you from harm. The word no can also free you from an overly committed life. Do you know that, that what something happens to us when there was a time that you used to love the word no, and as you get older, you stop using the word no. But I'm going to just kind of remind you today, there was a time in your life that you used to love to say no. We've got a video to kind of remind you of the season of your life when you love to say no. Yeah. <laughs> Did you eat some chocolate? Mm-mm. No. Do you like your spaghetti? No. <laughs> no. Are you going to put poo in the toilet? Yes. Are you? No. Are you having a little bit of sugar now? Did you open Halloween candy when I told you not to? No. You didn't? Do you, are you eating anything? Oh, okay. Were you eating chocolate today? Um, no. No? Mm-hmm. Really? No. Nah. What's all over your face? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know, when we were kids, there, there, we used to love to say no. And it was easy to say no. We said no to everything. Now, I know some of you are like, this sermon is not for me. I say no to everything. Uh, But most of us, what happens is we start off when we're kids, we say no. And after a while, we start to realize something. That people like us a lot more when we say yes. People like us when we say 
yes to them. We like it when people say yes to us. Isn't it true when somebody tells you no, you don't like it? Like if somebody, you invite somebody or you tell somebody to do something, or you're like, hey, let's go do this, and they're like, no. You're like, what's wrong with them? Something's wrong. And what, what, what happens to us a lot of times, I think that over time we have learned in our life that people like us a lot better when we say yes. And so we don't use the word no in our life. And what, what has happened is, is we've learned to say yes so much that it has created, created enormous problems for us. For a lot of us, we've said yes to to bosses, we've said yes to schedules, we've said yes to meetings, we've said yes to obligations, we've said yes to all these different things, and what it has created is a life that is crammed full of all of these things that we have just believed that we had to say yes to everything, and what it it has done, it it has left us with a resentment. Filled life, a fatigued life, a godless life with no purpose that we just find ourselves doing a ton of things. And I think this word no is a big deal to a lot of us because, listen to me, I think too many of us are saying yes to way too many things. And we don't have the the ability to, to... change the trajectory of our life because we don't want to say no in our life. But what if I were to tell you today that one of the most powerful words you could use in your life to change the trajectory of your family, to change the trajectory of your kids, to change the trajectory of your own personal life is to learn to say no to some areas of your life. There's an author by the name of Shauna Nyquist that she writes about this word no, and she says, and so, if you're like me, have said too many yeses, and found that all that hopeful, exciting, wide open intention has actually left you scraped, raw, and empty, the word that can change everything is no. I know, I don't like it either. Yes is fun and sparkly and printed on tote bags. No? What if you saw someone wearing a sweatshirt that just said no? I don't want to sit next to that bundle of fun. But no became the scalpel I wielded as I remade my life. Do you know that God wants to give you a scalpel today to remake your life? The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, if you're taking notes today, a warning. It gives us this, this, this warning to us in, in verse 15. It says, be careful. Be careful. Everybody say careful. It says, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. He tells us to be careful. Be careful. You need to be careful. Do you know that, that we are, are living in a time that we have more technology, we have more things to help us get around and accomplish things, 
like never before. We have faster cars. We can get around faster. We can do more, but yet we don't have time for really what's important. And I think what, what, what we have to kind of step back and say is as we live in the culture that we live in, that you know the, the culture that we live in is trying to communicate a certain lifestyle to us that is communicating that says it's normal for your kids to be this way. It's normal for your family to have this kind of routine. And what Paul says to us is that he says, be careful how you live, not as unwise, but wise. Be wise when it comes to your life. But again, I think that a lot of us, we do not have the courage to say no in our life. Do you know that the Bible is full of some amazing, amazing no's? I was thinking about the, 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 the moments and times when, when you see that, that these were wonderful no's in the Bible. Like, for example, I think of Joseph. Everybody remembers Joseph and, and the, the story of Joseph. And, you know, Joseph had every reason to have a lot of self-pity. Had every reason to be depressed. And you know, one of the things that I've found is when you're living a life of self-pity and depression, and it's after a while you're just kind of looking for some way to escape and try to numb yourself from that pain, right? And Joseph had every, every reason to just kind of say, well, you know what, I just deserve it, and I'm going to just do whatever I want to. And, and he was presented with the opportunity to have an affair with a married woman. What did Joseph say? I know my mission and my calling in life, and I'm going to say a big no. I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These guys, um, if anybody had a reason to be disappointed in their life, and if anybody said, you know what, I don't care, I'm just going to do whatever. No, these guys, even though they're disappointed, they found themselves with the invitation to worship idols. You know, the culture we live in is going to invite you to worship different idols. And what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did is they said no to the worship of idols. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is Nehemiah. Uh, um, The story of Nehemiah, and you've heard me talk about this. In fact, a few weeks ago we talked about it. And, um, you know, Nehemiah um, was a man on a mission and had purpose for his life. And he went back to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls and the Bible tells us that, that people kept coming to him and telling him, will you stop doing what you're doing and come down and talk to us? We want to talk to you. Will you stop rebuilding the walls? And I love what Nehemiah says in chapter 6, verse 3. He says, I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it? And go down to you. Do you know that actually four different times they came to Nehemiah trying to get him to stop doing what he was doing. But each time he said no. What about the great exodus. The exodus of the Israelites. You think about the, extra, the, 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 the Israelites coming out of Egypt. And, and we want to believe that it was Moses the one that was responsible for doing all this. And he had a big part. But do you know that Moses didn't start it? I know men like to take credit for most things. And, but do you know it was actually two women that started the exodus? 
It was two midwives. That when Moses was a baby, these two midwives, they said no to the Pharaoh. The Pharaoh communicated to the, all the midwives. He said, I want you to kill all the Hebrew babies. And the, the midwives refused to give in to the culture. And what did they say? They said no to the Pharaoh. Do you know that sometimes you're going to need to say no to the Pharaoh so you can say yes to God? I'm preaching a lot better than y'all are responding today. And I know it's 930 and y'all are just kind of zoned out and maybe hadn't had your coffee, but I'm preaching really good today. I think I am. I'm kidding. Um, sometimes you're going to have to say no to the Pharaoh to say yes to God. Sometimes you're going to have to say no to the culture that you live in. To say yes to God. Yes, listen, there are a lot of great things you could do, but listen to me. Just because something's good doesn't mean you need to be doing it. It's very easy to just kind of believe that, that you know what, I, I'm just going to do whatever. I love what Bob Merritt says about this. He says, behind every wise no is a better yes. Being able to say no to a lot of good things so that you can say yes to some best things. This topic of no, we struggle with this, but do you know that even successful people that, that really are like, I, and I don't even know if, if they're Christian or not, they understand that. Warren Buffett, for example, is one of the wealthiest men on the planet, and he understands the power of no. You know what Warren Buffett this is what he says about this. He says the difference between successful people and really successful people is that really successful people say no to almost everything. They have learned to say no. Now let me ask you this. Why is it that we struggle with saying no? I think one of the biggest reasons is we don't want to disappoint people. We don't want to, we don't want to disappoint people. We, we, we want to be, and again, our wires start to get crossed in our life. And, and for a lot of, I know it, it's, it's, there are a lot of reasons why we don't want to say no to people. But I think one of the biggest ones is we don't want to disappoint people. We want people to like us. I think a great example is there are a lot of parents out there that cannot tell their kids no. Some of you grew up and maybe in a, in a you were like, Pastor Stephen, you have no idea how I grew up and I, don't, I want my kids to have everything I didn't have and you're on a quest and a mission to give your kids everything you didn't have and you don't remember the last time you told your kids no. And if you don't think the culture is trying to indoctrinate your kids into believing some false ideas about their lives, you're wrong. Our culture is communicating to our kids that, you know what, you can be on social media all day long and you can be on your phone all day long and it's normal. But what if you were to break down and tell your kids, you're not going to be on the phone all the time looking at your phone. You're not going to watch TV all the time. 
For some of y'all, Pastor Stephen, that would be like Armageddon at our house. What if you were to have the courage to, listen to me, parents, I'm kind of just homing in on you for a minute, but what if you were to have the courage to say, I know my kids are going to be disappointed, but you know what, we're going to say no to technology after six o'clock in our home. We're shutting it down and we're going to actually have some real conversations. Um. Parents, listen to me. I know you want to be popular with your kids and you want them to like you, but do you know that if you'll learn to say no, you will, you will trade popularity for respect. You need to be willing to say no to your kids. And I know it's easy to say no when you got a little two-year-old or four-year-old, but try saying no to a 17-year-old. All the parents of 17-year-olds said amen. It's going to disappoint them. It's, it's going to, do you know that, that the, the culture's telling us what's normal for our marriages, but you know what, what's normal for marriages in our culture is they all get divorced. And we got to be willing to say no to, to some things so we can protect what we have in our marriage. We just don't want to disappoint people. And you know what's sad is most of us, we've said yes to so many things. We have nothing meaningful going on in our life right now. I know I'm going to get up in your grill today, but I'm just going to go ahead and tell you this. Some of you are saying yes to so many things you don't remember the last time you served. You don't remember the last time you did anything for anybody. Because you're saying yes to everything under the sun. You're like, I don't have time to serve. I don't have time to go to the homeless and help them. I don't have time to do all those things. And you just kind of, even when you think about the church, this church is not a building. You're the church. That means you're going to have to say, I, for me to say yes to God in my life and the calling and the purpose, and every person in this place has a purpose and a calling. You got to be willing to say no to the Pharaoh of your life, the culture that you live in, to say, I am going to disappoint people, but I'm okay with that. Do you know as a pastor, I disappoint people all the time? I do. Because I get calls Probably every day I get people texting me, emailing me, and telling me, hey, let's go to eat. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. Will you, can I meet with you because I need to talk to you about this? And listen, if I went and talked to every single person and I, and I ran around doing all that, do you know that I could not do what God's called me to do at, at this church? God's called me to lead this church, to teach this church. And it's very, again, you, you got to be willing to, some areas, be okay with disappointing some people to say, this is why I got to do this for us, for me to be able to say yes in my life. You know, when you step back a few moments and you start to think about reasons why we, we um, don't want to say no or we don't say no, it's, I, I, think, um, I think Andy Stanley really... Um, uh, pegs this well. He, he has a book called The Best Question Ever. And uh, in this book, he talks a lot about um, one of the things that happen in the cycle of our life is that people usually, when they, they, they call you or they say, hey, what are you doing next Saturday? 
They ask you the question of, what are you doing next Saturday? And, and the question you usually ask yourself is, or you ask your family, are we free? That's the only filter that you use to make that decision. It's just because you're free. And if you're free, you're usually going to say yes, unless you don't like those people. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Or, you know, you're going to lie or do something. I don't know. But most of us, what happens is we ask the wrong question, are we free? The better question that he talks about is to ask yourself the question, is it wise? In other words, ask yourself this question, in the light of blank, is it wise in my life? Is this wise in the light that our marriage is not going that well right now? Is it wise for us to do that? Is it wise for us to commit to that when we've got small children in our house? Is it wise? Is it wise since we've got a 17-year-old in our, in our home? Should we be doing that? Asking yourself, filtering it through the, the lens of is it wise, not am I free? Because sometimes, listen to me, you need margin in your life to find the real meaning of your life. And in that time of margin that you have, the, the freedom that you have, that's where you seek God. That's where you spend time in deep relationships. You know, the Bible tells us in Psalm 78, verse 70, um, God needs, just so you kind of know the context of this, God needs to choose a leader and to lead the nation of Israel. And this is what the Bible says. He chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheep's pens. From tending the sheep, he brought him to be the shepherd of his people, Jacob, of Israel, his inheritance. And David shepherded them with, and here's the key phrase, integrity of heart. Integrity of heart. The word integrity, if you study that word, it comes from the word integer. And it means a whole, not a fraction. In other words, what God was looking for was a heart that was not fractured, that was not divided, that was not being pulled all these different directions. Do you know that as long as your heart is divided, you will not do what God calls you to do? As long as is this is going on, it is you're going to be pulled by in every possible direction. But when you get this integrity of heart where you get this focus of saying, I want to seek after God with my whole heart, that I want to discover the purpose and the plan that God has for my life, it's a lot easier to say no in your life. Psalms 86.11 says, teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may walk, and here's the key word, in your truth. Give me an undivided heart. Now, again, this is the same as this, the, the former scripture we just read is that he prays for an undivided heart. In other words, you're going to be pulled in a lot of different directions. You, you just are. And if you've got a divided heart, it's, it's very easy again. And, you know, in Ephesians where it talks about be careful in your life. I think we've got to be careful because it's so sneaky how it comes upon us. We are faced with decisions every single day. Like, for example, that you know that there's consequences to everything that you buy in your life. Our culture says you deserve it, just buy it. 
Our culture tells us, you know what, it's okay to go. It's normal for you to go get a, you know, a brand new truck every couple years, and it's all right to have debt. Our culture tells us that, you know what, it's normal to have all of these payments, and it's just part of life, and you got to go to work, and you're just kind of a slave to the new truck, a slave to the car, uh, to the house, all the different things that you have. And after a while, if you believe that in, in, in your heart, it's you start to believe you deserve it. And this is why, listen to me, it's so easy to get on Amazon. Isn't Am- Amazon fun? Like you can just sit in your, your I almost said underwear, but I, uh, sorry, uh, your pajamas. And just click. And it's so fun because it like, it actually comes that same day sometimes. How awesome is that? You just like click, click, click. Oh, we got a package out there. <laughs> Y'all get excited like that. You're like, we got a package out in the front. Run out there. It's like Christmas. Do you know there's consequences to all that stuff? <laughs> there, there are consequences to that. This is why some of you listen. You have no margin to be able to say yes to anything else in your life outside of all of the stuff you're chasing after in our culture and you're buying all these different things. Do you know that one of the greatest things you could do in your life is go on a mission trip? You need to go on a mission trip. You need to be able to take your kids on a mission trip one day. You want to talk about something that will change your family is go to another country, like third world country, and and serve and let them see how good they have it. But most of you are like, we could never do that. Do you know that you ought to take a vacation? Some of you can't remember the last time you took a vacation. But it's godly for you to have a Sabbath, to rest. But as long as you're not willing to say no to all of these things, and I know I'm kind of hammering in on material things, but listen to me. I believe it is one of the the biggest areas where we struggle with saying no in our life. And it has a domino effect in our life. So what happens is that because we've said yes to all these things, now we use the excuse of, well, I got to work this amount of hours and I got to do this. There's no way that I could serve. Well, you would be able to do what God's called you to do if you hadn't said yes to all that. So I just caution you to, to really look at your own heart and look at what, what's happening. Very quickly, let me give you two areas. I could talk about a lot of areas today. And I want to kind of wrap this up with this today. But there are two big areas that I think that Uh, again, we need to repeatedly use the word no in our life. Number one is relational overload. Relational overload. You know, this might surprise you a little bit, but for me to say relational overload, because I know there are probably some people here that you're struggling to find a really good friend. But the truth is, most of us here are struggling because we're trying to maintain way too many friends. You've got too many people, too many relationships that you're trying to juggle that the real relationships that really matter in your life are really suffering. Do um, You know that Jesus modeled it in a perfect way. Jesus had 12 friends and he had three really close friends. His three closest friends were Peter, James, and John. 
And I, I, I think that, that one of the things that happens to us a lot is that we try to be friends with everyone and try to do stuff with everybody. And we end up, end up saying yes to so many things, that, so many people that relationally we don't have time to really build the quality relationships that we need in our life. You know, um, this might sound like a little bit of a, a weird question to ask you um, this morning, but, I, but I, I want you to think about this question today. Is this is, um, who do you think is going to cry at your funeral? I told you that was weird. Who do you think is going to cry at your funeral? Um, the author, Darren Hardy, um, actually did a lot of research about this, and he said that only about 10 people will cry at, your, at, at the average funeral. Hardy writes this. He says, I was floored when I read this. I worked hard all my life trying to please other people, but in the end, only 10 people really cared enough about me to cry at my funeral. He found that the number one factor that determines whether somebody will attend your, listen to this, that will attend your gravesite ceremony is the weather, which I think is kind of funny. It says, in other words, if it's cold or raining or it's really hot, they're not going to attend your graveside ceremony. And Hardy writes this. He says, that was it. That's all it took for me to stop caring about what people thought about me. And I think it's a great question to ask ourselves, who are the 10 people in your life that you think are going to cry at your funeral? It's, it, hopefully it's going to be your spouse. <laughs> hopefully it's going to be your kids. Your kids are going to cry. Some of your, your, your closest friend, your family, your closest friends. What if I were to tell you that the, that those are the really important people in your life. That your, your wife, your kids, those close, close friends that you have that you know would cry at your funeral, those are really the important people and those are the people that deserve your yeses. But sometimes you may have to disappoint people and upset people a little bit by saying no, but it's... Um, it's important if you value close relationships. The last area, real quickly, is causing causes outside your calling. Causes outside your calling. And isn't it true that everybody has a cause that they want you to join? Everybody has some kind of cause that they're passionate about that they want you to join. They're passionate about it. They want you to support it. They're like, man. I'm so excited about this. And they come talk to you about it. And, and they're like, you know what? You need to come do this. And you know what? We're going to do this kind of this or that. And I need you to jump on the bandwagon with me because we're going to be working on this for the next six months. How many of you know people that are always committing to all kinds of stuff like that? A lot of y'all. Do you know, let me just give you an advice. When people come to you that they're really passionate about something, let them do it. You need to find what you're passionate about. You need to find your calling. You need to find what it is that God's called you to do. I know that that's, it's hard to tell somebody no, but do you know that, listen to me, if I did everything, even as a pastor, if we as a church did everything that everybody is passionate about, we would go crazy as a church. 
People come to us all the time and say, Pastor Stephen, I'm so excited about this, and we got to go do this, and we need to go to downtown Dallas and do this. Now, I just want to let you know, Pastor, I really don't want to do it, but y'all need to go do it. We're really excited about this. We need to reach out to the, to the, to the singles, or we need to reach out to the, this demographics. Now, I, I, just, I'm, I got a heart for this, and I'm passionate about it, but I'm not going to be doing it. I need y'all to do it. Find some people that want to go do that. And usually what we tell them is, you're the one passionate about it. You need to go do that. And I listen to me. I'm not telling you that every single thing that somebody comes to you that they're passionate about, that you need to say um, no to it. But you, you need to filter through that and say, you know what, is this really lining up with where my heart is that I'm passionate about? That if you're not careful, you will go after so many different causes and be involved in so many different things. You're not able to really do what it is that God has called you to do. And sometimes God's called you to partner with somebody that comes to you, but sometimes God's got something totally separate for you. So I just want to encourage you to to think about those two areas. You know, uh, most of you in here are familiar with Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks is an amazing lady. You've never had an opportunity to study and, and really understand the, the, the movement that Rosa Parks brought and what she did that day when she decided in Montgomery to start the bus boycott, how powerful that moment was. And Rosa Parks did something that was just so amazing when, when she decided to start this movement. And people have tried to study and study her and really understand her heart behind what she did. And um, a reporter was talking to her and, and interviewing her, really trying to dig deep at the reasoning why she did what she did. And they asked Rosa, they said, what was it about that day what was it about that moment that, was there something special about that? What was it about that day that made you decide you aren't getting up, you are going to say no? And Rosa Parks looked back at the, the reporter and she said something so deep. She said, I was just tired. I was just tired. You know, I, I, I believe that there are a lot of people here uh, this morning that you're tired. You're tired. And you're ready to say no to the culture that we live in. You're ready to say no to the schedules that we try to buy into. You know, I was shocked to, under, to really hear that the average American spends 28 hours a week watching TV. By the time you're 70, you will have spent 10 years of your life numbed out in front of a TV. Our world says it's normal. I pray that today there's something inside of your soul that says, I'm tired of the emptiness, of no purpose. I'm tired of not feeling fulfilled in my life that I say, you know what, today's the day that I'm gonna say yes to God and I have to start with saying no 
to some areas of my life. Would you bow your heads this morning as as we take a, a moment to pray? Father, thank you for every person here today. I thank you, God, that, God, you have a plan and a purpose for all of our lives. God, I thank you for your voice in our life. I thank you, God, that you don't leave us without direction. Father, I pray that we would fight against the world, fight against the culture we live in that tries to mold us into what's normal, God, and say, God, I want what you want for my life. Father, I pray that you would give all of us the strength and the courage, God, to get to a place that we get tired of what we are living and say no to the different areas of our life so that we can begin to say yes in our life to some greater things that you have for us, God. Father, we thank you for this, God. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more messages and information about Creekwood Church, visit us at creekwoodchurch.com.